0: Hello, AkaVille Radio, and welcome to Tacapella, AkaVille Radio's weekly talk show. I am one half of the dynamic duo, John Lampus.
1: And I'm the other half, Brian Alexander.
0: So we always say dynamic duo, Brian. And <laughs> I know. now as I think I talked, about, I probably actually made this exact point before listeners tell me if it's true, that there is a new Batman movie coming out in 2021 with Robert Pattinson. And yep. if Robin shows up in that. Like, I don't know. Is do do we still use the term dynamic duo? Are we going to sound dated in using that term? Am I going to look back on these episodes and being like, oh man, like who's Robert Pattinson? Who's I don't know, scrap a young Robin character. I, I don't know. It's just we always use that phrase. And now it has the potential to become much more culturally relevant again. And it's making me reconsider it.
1: Yeah, for me personally, we're going to have to figure out something new because I got nothing against Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm going to give him a chance, but I will always think back to him in his time with Twilight. So I don't feel comfortable. Everyone, everyone does. I don't and feel I, comfortable I, saying dynamic duo with him involved. Sorry, Robert Pattinson, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> you know, if Rob... Robert Pattinson wants to come on the show and talk to us about <laughs> how uh, what he thinks about I don't know, about the term dynamic duo. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be a good Batman. I'm really excited. Exactly. I know, I-, I know you and I always like tweet about the same superhero stuff mm-hmm. at the same time. Like I'm always like, what's Brian's take on this random thing? I'm, like, yeah. Okay. Hey, that's I'm right. following
1: it all right there on Twitter every single day, so I'm actually excited for uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yes, so that's going to be exciting. Dude,
0: yes, 100. Mm-hmm. She's she. Did you know she voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie? What?
1: I did not know yeah. this.
0: I, and I was just watching the Lego Batman movie the week before and I hadn't watched, I literally was the, I had bought the Blu-ray and it was the first time I was like, oh, I should, mm-hmm. you know, I should, I should watch this. I saw it in theaters. Let me watch this. And then like two days later, it's like, I was like, "Oh yeah, Zoe Kravitz voices Catwoman. And then two days later, she is Catwoman. And I was what? like, oh, and I edited the Wikipedia page. Oh no. About Zoe Kravitz, where originally it said <laughs> she voiced Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle in the Lego Batman movie and she played Selena Kyle in the Lego Batman movie and uh, in the Batman and I put we'll reprise the role in live action in the Batman like made that sense nice a nice and catch I think it's still up there and it, that's I don't know that's probably my greatest contribution to society
1: yeah I have a confession I've never actually seen Lego Batman movie it's I've seen so the first good. Lego one you
0: want one. me to send you yeah. the Blu-ray like oh. just to and then you can send it back it's I honestly I think I, you I might
1: have it. to do that because I remember loving the Lego movie so I, I think it's I had a feeling I Lego like movie, Batman in my opinion.
0: like I like it more than the Lego movie really? it's that good
1: Okay. Well, I might have to borrow that from you one of these times.
0: Yeah. I'll just, I'll walk it over, you know, <laughs> Yo. just, I'll just start walking now. I'll get it to you by Christmas.
1: Uh, you know, grabbing a bike and, you know, pedaling down here to Texas, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at that.
0: Brian, what's on your mind acapella wise today? Cause it's just us. There's no guests for, just in case anyone's wondering, we always have our banter where the, and sometimes and the guest just waits. Which is sometimes funny. And then sometimes they'll like laugh at what we're saying. And I'm like, you know, oh, that's a sign we should probably introduce them and whatnot. But exactly. like, with that, there is no guest today. Brian and I just kind of want to do one on one. I think we've done three or four. I think this might be number four. No, I, I, lost. I think two for sure. Well, we did two before you were a, a host. Okay. And then I think we've done two since then. So I think this might be five. This Whoa. might be the fifth. If not, it's definitely four. Okay. I know we've done at least we no I know we've done we did two pre hosting, two mm-hmm. post post-hosting and, and yeah or potentially at least one post-hosting maybe
1: two yeah now we're long overdue for another one which is yeah. which is good because th- this is the moment i'd really get to like get your full opinion you know unedited yeah. you know there's no safety net with the guest to chime in i'm just like yeah, what does john just, really like, think? say
0: something stupid and then be like
1: i cut that out and uh, <laughs> to, to, to cut
0: to the guest here saying something smart like no nope, okay, we're is-
1: doing it live <laughs> <No>. you know <laughs> <laughs> this is official. But no, with that, yeah, man, I I think these segments are good just to kind of gauge the acapella climate. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the things that I've been seeing. Like I said, I do so much work with college acapella in the sense Mm -hmm. that I'm always up to date on the new different type of transformative acapella groups are doing. And I'm always just like, you know, how much do I enjoy that? Is there something I wish that they tackle that I haven't seen yet? And so I think that's a really good starting and jumping off point is just yeah. I think a good point to kind of analyze for me is, you know, this whole depiction of acapella from a mainstream perspective Mm -hmm. you know we've had pitch perfect which is kind of was the hype was big a few years ago and you know we're still riding it to a degree but you know i'm just curious because i've seen a lot of televised stuff a lot coming out of the uk and europe and stuff and i'm just curious what do you want to see from you know a mainstream point of acapella i know we have pentatonics; they're still doing it pretty big but yeah
0: but it's this whole thing is obviously like a culture that has grown and has and like we've been with it since i don't know for you know at least 10 years now i think both yeah. of us and the notion of how the general audience understands our art form and like consumes media about it i think is really fascinating stuff i think you're about pitch perfect like yeah i mean the things i think of are pitch perfect sing-off glee and mm-hmm. then as a as spin-off of sing-off you know pentatonix and you know it's something that I kind of look at it through the eyes of my students sometimes. I remember mm. a couple of years ago, I had a student who didn't understand that acapella was a real thing. He thought it was almost kind of like super, like really staged. I mean, obviously it's uh, staged with practice and stuff. But like right. he didn't understand that like you could do that kind of stuff. And that might speak like he couldn't understand like, oh, you sing in harmony with people and you do this. And that might mm-hmm. speak more to American music education than anything else. But, you know, I guess I want people to see it uh, have you seen Perfect Harmony the that show that came out on I have been
1: meaning to check that out I've seen the commercials I haven't seen
0: it yet and I hear it's fine and I hear it's like cute and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it but I guess I want people to understand kind of the grind a little bit more
1: yes thank you
0: I think the thing that it's the same thing all the choir kids said when Glee came out you know they just like get their sheet music and there's like a four piece band and they're you know they're singing it all perfectly and whatnot, and that's fine and I didn't <laughs> think that was a bad thing on Glee but
1: no but it's harder than a looks for sure
0: yeah i wonder do people understand how much hard work it is and do they like that do they think it's just boring like i don't know i think that's it you know it's it's a it's hard to glamorize which is why i think it's you know you don't see i i still don't think i've really seen a show or a depiction of acapella or like even choral singing in general in the mm. like mainstream media where someone is like just in seeing the struggles of rehearsal in right. terms of like not that aren't related to oh well he was pregnant with her baby's husband's <laughs> brother or something you know stuff like that no All like the it's,
1: drama the teen drama yeah, of it yeah
0: like today with my kids i'm just like okay like i had to i didn't tell them but i had to cut a song because they just weren't at a level they could perform yet it was it was full acapella and they just weren't at a point where they could do that and there wasn't any like drama about like oh he said this and you're doing this but it's just hey sometimes the drama and the grind is just we're not good enough yet and there's not like some kind of spin on it. It's just, yeah, that's where we are. And these kind of right. less glamorous and more working man in the trenches kind of ideas that are just kind of scrubbed out of modern depictions. So that, t- that took me a long time to find it. But yeah, the <laughs> grind basically. Yeah.
1: And with that, I'm like, I think back to so many of rehearsals I've been in and I'm like thinking from the time we actually got a song until the time we actually performed it and felt comfortable, like really selling the song, man, that's mm-hmm. like, that can be months of a process. Yeah. I think of one of the most challenging pieces we did a cover of Magic by Coldplay and I got the arrangement from my time with working with Sing Texas it's the acapella festival that happens in Texas and the arrangement itself was written for like a large group well not large Mm. group it was written for multiple voices i remember aurora they sang on the recorded version of the track some of the heavy hitters from the acapella world that attended the festival they sang on the track Mm -hmm. and this was a nine to ten person piece and i kid you not it took us at least three to four months just to really fine tune that and i think that goes along with what you're saying on you know the grind is like so real just to get parts down and stuff there's no such i haven't met anyone who well no i take that back i've met a few super talented people who can walk walk into a room and like harmonize just from just singing. Know. I'm, but i'm so bad at that
0: but yeah. yeah
1: and it's tough and that's the thing yeah with that i'm like i have two really good phenomenal uh, musician type friends and they can listen to someone sing a solo a melody and create a harmony within maybe like two or three minutes but that is like a rare breed other than yeah, that it, it's super hard to do all those other things
0: yeah it's not like when we see the bard and bellas pitch perfect those are not like oh these 10 mega musicians who either have perfect pitch or like have been raised with like a jazz theory background and understand how how to harmonize like sharp nine chords and everything? Oh, like, oh yeah, we did. Ju- they just all happen to fall into the same group together. No, that doesn't yeah.
1: happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah,
0: I don't think it's a, necessarily a bad thing how they've depicted it. I understand. And one thing we've talked about before is, and Aaron directors made this point, how much cappella and kind of singing stuff is framed around the notion of competition like that's mm-hmm. how it's sold to people in the first trailer for perfect harmony it's like well we could use you at the choral competition next week or whatever like that it's all framed as like oh this is worthwhile because it's a competition i guess i just with the grind and with the kind of unglamorous parts i guess i want people to know there's more there yeah in terms of like substance again go- going back to my students today there wasn't drama in the room necessarily but there was a bit of there was frustration and there was a l- little bit of strife and there was you know it wasn't we didn't didn't come out of that necessarily feeling like the happiest it wasn't terrible but it's only ever shown as like that was the best rehearsal ever or there was some outside drama that's affecting it but I want people to see that hey sometimes young singers have a really hard time holding their part in harmony and yeah. it's not something that gets fixed at the end of the episode and that's just a part of it and we just don't see that and to be fair you know there aren't too many like scripted shows where this is a thing but Mm-mm. I think that's something that would give people just a even if they don't like decide to, like oh I watched Lee so I'm gonna do acapella even if they don't decide to do that I think it just gives them an appreciation for, oh, this is hard. Well, you do not only is it hard, but I understand that it is a craft. It is not just a, you just do it. It is a process and it is something that, it is something that you grow along with and you have to build your skills on. And I think there's a lot of fun in that. I want people to see that more.
1: Right. And I think part of it is, it's kind of our modern culture with in order for there to be this kind of level of entertainment value it's almost like you have to kind of have this conflict you have to have this drama and you see this so much on tv tv shows today and i think that's where some of the acapella shows we've seen in the past or most more recently have just been like okay how do we incorporate that into what we're doing so we can kind of bring the audience in and sell it to them a little bit more and i'm just like no i agree with you completely i'm like show the struggle i think one of my favorite shows in terms of the acapella Pella scene was Sing It Off. I think that's that's what it was titled. Or sing It On? I think it might be oh, sing, sing It, it on. Oh, Sing It On. My bad. Sing yeah, It On. No, no I'm just throwing around words. Just making up shows. I here. mean, the,
0: okay, these shows all use like the same five words. <laughs> exactly. I know honest. it has
1: sing in it for sure. <laughs> but with that, what they did is while they did focus on kind of the ICCA scene, what they did, they also went mm-hmm. on to these universities and they were taking a look into auditions as well and groups getting prepared for that. And they kind of stayed in that same lane of auditions and then... And preparation for ICCA but I'm like no dig deeper I'm like I, I think people would really enjoy seeing the interactions between the college students as they're doing like you're saying doing the rehearsals as well as yeah. you know the time that they spend outside of rehearsal you know whatever it takes to really build that level of comfort mm-hmm. with each other because you as we've discussed and brought up on the show millions of million times before is just like you have to have this certain level of comfort you have to have this certain level of cohesion in order for the music to really just kind of pop and shine at the end of the day because that's the groups who really are phenomenal you know they're connected to one another you know in a way that others aren't at the end of the day and I totally. for me personally that's what I miss I miss the reason I fell in love with acapella is and a lot of people might laugh at it it was it's kind of had that novelty to it that nostalgia oh, yeah. and I love oh, yeah. that stuff I love love the old street corner singing you know whether you're talking about the persuasions or jerry lawson things like that that's what drew me in because there was Mm -hmm. no drama there was no competition it was hey there's people singing around a trash can creating great music
2: yeah
0: and i think what this kind of reminds me of uh have you ever seen either the movie did you see have you seen tarantino's new movie once upon a time in Uh, hollywood
1: i've been meaning to see it i have not i'm sorry it's
0: pretty good it's not his best but it's good have you or have you seen the movie everybody wants some by richard linklater that's that's a much more obscure i don't think i've
1: Heard of that one before? That out of okay. my realm a little. So
0: both of those movies are kind of, I'd argue, especially especially everybody wants some. And most of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they're called they're, the, the term that a lot of people use is a hangout movie. There's mm-hmm. not necessarily a clear plot. There's not necessarily something driving it. There's not like, oh, I have to get the thing to hear and to do that, we have to do this. They kind of just observe, like it's kind of like a slice of life kind of thing. Okay. And it's so well crafted, like the culture and the cinematography and all that stuff. Like that's the movie itself. There's not much of a story yeah. and. When I saw, I thought that was a dumb idea. Then I saw everybody wants someone. I was like, oh, well, this was just, I don't know, it was really fun. And it's it's a tricky balance to strike, and I don't know how to do it. But I think of that in regards to how kind of, I'm not saying like when is depicted in mainstream or on a scripted series, I don't want there to be any story, but something that no, means more in that direction of just because like someone did bad in an audition doesn't mean they were like doing it to show that, the, you know, like I think of, you know, again, it's just. I'm looking at this all through like a glee lens, but you know, just because someone did poorly in audition doesn't mean it's because of like at home they, you know, have some serious struggles. It might just be, you know, mm-hmm. I just didn't have a good audition yeah, today. Yeah, you had and an off day. That's tricky. Yeah. You just had a tough day. And that can be the message. The message is just, well, you know, this stuff's hard and we're not perfect. And it's a much not I don't want to say grimier, but it's a much more nuanced process than I think than most of the mainstream understands. And I think they Yeah, it's a little less pulpy and a little less exciting or or sensationalized, or it's a little less sensational when it's just like, Oh, it was just a rough day. But that's an honesty in the art form that I, I hope isn't lost on people. And I think I'm I think we could see more
1: of that. Yeah, and I think what part that we don't emphasize enough is the vulnerability of a cappella yeah. because we talk yeah. a lot about there being just a lack of instruments. You're like, okay, it's a pure vocal art form that doesn't involve instruments. Yes, that's where it kind of starts, but there's so much more once you that's dig the into definition. the surface. Yeah. I'm like, because of that, there is so much more risk involved. There's so many things that, you know, that could go wrong. They, we don't ever not we I think TV mainstream media we don't emphasize enough that hey yeah I'm like if we don't do our parts right it's really going to be noticeable to mm-hmm. uh, whether you know you're just an avid fan or you're a high level ex, uh musician kind of thing you'll be able to know these things <laughs> yeah. but th- you don't see that really emphasized in like the ICCA scene or whatever because it's all notated on the score sheets at the end of the day and so yeah with that you know I think that w- if we could just really tap into that vulnerability of it and just be like hey you know we mess up just the same as everyone else you know our music can suffer a little bit for it but there's also so much growth that can happen because of that mm-hmm. because we're really trying to tap into a deeper place with the music
0: yeah I, I just think i i mean i think you said it perfectly i think there's just a lot that people will understand and appreciate about the art form and the unscripted moments or the moments that don't feel like they are laid out with a clear here. Like here is the theme of the episode or here's the theme of what we were Mm -hmm. talking about. It's not, you know, on a reality show, it's like, Oh, this person's difficult, but we need to learn to work together. No, it's (laughs) just that sometimes you have rough days Exactly, and that's that's it. I'm curious, man, like what in terms of either scripted series or another competition series or a book or something like that, what mm-hmm. do you kind of want to see as the next, what, what do you hope is the next like mainstream acapella thing to break into the, like Ooh. the cultural zeitgeist? Cause again, you know, we had Glee, which was mostly acapella, not most acapella, but laid the groundwork for, I think a lot of acapella, mm-hmm. we had Glee, sing off pitch perfect. Those are the big ones. Mm. I, and then, uh, pentatonics, but like, you know, we had the great episode with Amanda, um, where we were talking about all the like evolution of the art form and stuff and how people respond to it and how it, Fits into their culture, but I'm curious. Like, what do you want to be the next thing that breaks through? That more that like my mom will talk about <laughs> rather than just like, "Hey, mom, watch this thing." And it goes, "Okay, that's nice, honey." Like she'll ask me, "Did you watch the blah blah blah?" Like that's yeah. like I'm wondering what that's going to be. What do you want it to be?
1: Oh, that is such a tough question because there is a lot of good things out there that I think have been tried and tested. And like I said, I think this. Sing Off, it has such good success because it pulled from a lot of different areas in terms of mm-hmm. groups. Like I said, I I love the fact that, hey, one year, you know, you had this gospel choir from, uh, you know, Alabama that won. And yeah. another year, you had these three friends from a high school groups. So I love that aspect of, hey, there's something in it for everyone. I think that that's going to be key and pivotal to attract the relatability. An audience. Yeah, yeah, but because. I, well, I but, but
0: also that the accessibility. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly and because one of the things I try and do with college acapella I try and not just post the same type of music I'm like it'll be so easy to go out there and just you know keep pulling from the same five groups that do the same kind of stuff I'm like no you know let me think about those people that you know might not be into pop music you know is there is there a country Mm -hmm. acapella song from that a college group just did that someone might love or is there this new electronic piece so I think something that involves different type of subgenres within a cappella. Yeah. I think that that would need to be included. I, I go back and forth between a competition because me naturally I'm a competitive person. So I love competition, but I'm just like, is that the thing that's gonna hook every single person?
0: Is that why you watch The Flash to see like how long you can stay with the show after it's jumped the shark? Like oh. you just want to set your own record?
1: Exactly. I gotta figure <laughs> out what the the new next big bad is, I think what is it? So.
0: He's uh it's uh I, I read a review of a recent episode and I was like Yeah now this nice great i hope people who <laughs> watch it are still liking it but for me i'm just like yep i bet brian's really enjoying this and I, I'm hey like,
1: i'm enjoying it because it's working up to crisis which is going to be this yeah okay i'm gonna watch crisis like so, I'm, I'm of course gonna watch that so like, that works no yeah the flash is still good for me
0: that's actually what episode 100 is guys of acapella it's exactly. us, like, we will have grant gustin just, coming on the show so <laughs> grant gustin and steven <laughs> amell just um, out. what do you guys think about acapella they're like what Wait, what, what? What are you talking
1: about? Exactly, I'm like, what? But well, you know, he can sing too, so that would probably be a oh, very. That, interesting you know, episode. that's actually a good
0: point. What am I saying? Grant Gustin was on Glee. Exactly. And so was Melissa got- Benoist. Oh wow.
1: Oh, she was on Glee. What?
0: Yeah, she was like one of the later seasons. I didn't watch. But she oh, was late. I
1: didn't. Yeah, I was already done by that point. Oh, but I, I was know yeah, that. It,
0: you don't need to watch past season one, in my opinion. Season one's great, and then that's then
1: that's it. Okay, I'll keep that in mind if I want to go back. Anyway, but, but back- sorry,
0: you're saying competition.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I go back and forth between the competition aspect to a degree. I think probably I, I would lean more 60-40 in terms of if I would want competition versus if I didn't want it. Um, and I think back to I think back to what's currently going on in the scene, and I know that the the Aka Open is happening, and I the yeah. thing I love. About the AKA Open is you know it's not segregated based on you know what level you're at if you're it, whether you're in a high school group or a collegiate group or not even involved with the scholastic institution then you know they welcome everyone and I remember mm-hmm. like the first year they had what is their name and I apologize if I am butchering their name but it's like Women of the World I think was the yeah, name of the group I know and what you're was, about. yeah the four ladies that are from all these different places and I'm like I love that part because it's groups from everywhere you know you're not just getting you can't the pop get sound a
0: Women of the World group in you know it may be an international school but even then they don't have the same life experiences and they're all going you know they're clearly all from a somewhat similar socioeconomic background if they can go to some international school whereas this is just like uh, whoever you know exactly mix up
1: And I think what would be great would be some kind of like profile show. I I think something like that. I think a show where they would take you into the group, take you into their sound, and but and not just like give you like thirty seconds of them singing a song or you know a minute of pitch
0: perfect or not pitch perfect. uh, Say the the sing off intros where they're like we are Pentatonix and they're like and that's and it's just like this little bite sized like. Look at our, like, branded personalities, like, but something that's more lived in. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: It's not only important for the groups to connect with each other, but it's at the end of the day, you want the audience to connect. And how do you, yeah. how, how can you connect to someone if you aren't given a look at them, a deep dive into who they are, you know, what influences their sound? That's what I love about our show. You know, we bring the guests on and we don't just ask, hey, yeah. what are your projects are you doing? You're like, no, what's, what's the inspiration behind what you're doing? You know, what led you to this point? And that's what I want to know about the acapella group's. Because that makes me more invested in the music.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, maybe maybe it's us. Maybe that's weird. The, that's the episode. <laughs> we're the, the thing. People are just gonna start binging the old episodes. Like, well, don't worry. After season five, when when Brian comes on as the new cast member, it, it really picks up. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a really I think that's a really smart observation because it's kind of hard to say like okay well what's gonna break through the culture next like I don't know that's, that's kind of how cultural breakthroughs happen you don't know what's gonna happen i right. I'm pretty convinced that I don't know what it will be but whatever it is is going to be heavily influenced by how American music education develops over the next like 10 or 15 years because yeah. one thing that is like, And I I don't know, I want to call it a movement, but something that is a much more talked about, not even philosophy, just more talked about idea in from choir directors that choir directors talk about is kind of not describing someone as having a good voice and kind of and making it more trying to downplay the notion of like, oh, you have a good voice, you're born with a natural talent, Be like, no, you work at it and trying to be like, okay, well, Doesn't matter if you can't match pitch when you start, like you can get better at it and you can learn it. And kind of breaking down this idea of, you know, I ask people to join choir all the time, oh, I can't sing. Well, it's like, yeah, maybe you Uh, can't, but you you could. You could learn to sing. Exactly, yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it's a learned art. I did not, I was not someone who was able to match pitch when I started singing. And I didn't enjoy singing. I didn't really enjoy singing until I took voice lessons and someone showed me how to match pitch. And then I went, Mm -hmm. oh, this is what I'm doing. Like it's the description I use for my kids a lot. We did so much pitch matching at the beginning of the year because. I say it's like, for me, when I did singing for two years before I took lessons, it was like I was like some I was like, quote unquote, playing football, but I didn't know the rules. So basically, it was just me running back and forth on a field. And I was like, this isn't fun. (laughs) And then someone said, here's how you do it. I go, oh, this is fun. And I want the notion of, well, I can't do this to be broken down. And I think that's going to increase involvement everywhere in all aspects of music, but that's just putting more and more people potentially who could be involved in acapella, especially with one that is, again, as cheap and as easy to start and as accessible as acapella. I think uh, it also like uh, a lot of pretty much the, I don't teach elementary, but I've student taught elementary and learned a lot about elementary, pretty much everything you start teaching kids how to sing acapella. You don't say match this pitch to like little kids in the, it's the Kodai program, the Kodai methodology, which I really like. And it's all about teaching kids to sing and building harmony. And that was something that when I was taking that class, I brought a lot of that stuff into my acapella group to practice doing stuff like that. And that's just a field of elementary music education study that I think has a much clearer pipeline to people joining an acapella group as opposed to like playing a recorder and recorders are fine that's not true I hate recorders I, I'll, oh I'll be honest about it
1: but hey, we all we all there
0: yeah I mean it's kind of for me it's like okay how is the notion of singing being framed so like the children of America in a sense and and their ability To get better at it. You know, a lot of kids, it's pretty easy to get little kids to sing. It's a lot harder to get like middle schoolers to sing because they have a lot of entrenched ideas about. Yeah, they're an influence. Yeah.
1: No. And I, and I like that. And I, and I, I that concept. And one thing it brought to mind, I'm like, yeah, we need to move away from this whole idea of, I can't sing or, you know, I can't do this thing and reframe it as you're saying to, you know, I yeah, struggle with this. Word. It's not that I can't, I just, I just struggle with this and I need help. I need assistance with it because there's yeah. so many times I come across the same people and they look to me. I'm like, oh man, I can't believe that you sing. And, and you know, it must be so easy and stuff. I'm like, like what's well, it
0: like <laughs> having that natural gift? And I was like, uh, I sucked. I
1: yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, the, the reality of it was you know i spent the better part of like 10 years involved yeah. in music and so it, it's not that i can just naturally i'm like it's just so easy to do it's just like you know what i have i have the experience of it
0: yeah it's i, I kind of think about the notion of like someone who hasn't worked out until like getting ready to like run a mile it's like well i can't Mm. run a mile it's like no but but you could like i can't sing unless you have like severe brain damage that affects your hearing and like are your vocal your vocal fold paralysis you can Mm -hmm. learn and there's just clearly you know so much there's so many complexes that people have about their own voice and about their about their ability and stuff like that that i think music education has a great hand in either encouraging or or opening up like you can you can encourage people to sing through the processes they go through and I'm I'm just curious to see like 15 years from now maybe the choir field will just be pretty much the same um, or maybe we'll get a much uh, higher involvement because the notion of how we discuss singing as has made a dramatic shift and there's more you know lectures and, edu- and more education on the topic I don't know it's but it's I think whatever is the next big acapella thing. I think it's going to certainly be influenced by the state of American music education.
1: Yeah, and I agree completely. I think that I'm like, I look at the time that, I was involved in school, the arts programs, and my time during school to where we are now and mm-hmm. what schools are trying to do and what they're trying to bring into the system. And I'm right there with you, man. I'm excited to see what's going to happen yeah. because we've had so much development just in the last few years and just curriculum. I'm just like, well, if this is the strides and advances we can make just in this short period of time. Man, 10, 20 years is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, and it'll be cool to see how that affects the scene. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to take a, a quick break, and then we are going to be right back here on Tacapella.
2: Hey folks, this is Rachel Schoenbaum, host of the new show and podcast called The Pulse. Occaville airs The Pulse at 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, that's 6 p.m. Pacific, or you can find it and listen at your leisure on your favorite podcasting site, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Pulse is an interview-based show where I speak to groups all across the country to introduce you to high school, collegiate, semi-pro, and pro groups you may not have heard of. Tune in for the best in acapella, only by Acapella.
1: And welcome back to Capella. So I've been excited to do that. Wait a minute. Me, what? What? what did I do? No, it was so weird being the one to actually do that when normally we have a guest. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do the intro. And then I'm also going to bring us back oh, in the yeah. second.
0: Yeah. Normally you're waiting for someone else to say it. But this time I was like, and welcome back to Capella. As literally as you said that, I was like, Wait, what happens now? Because like, I, I was off. I was like, wait, Well, it was a qu- that's not, Brian, Brian doesn't normally say yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, it was
1: a question. I'm like, how long do I pause here? Do I switch my voice? Do I <laughs> change the tone a little bit?
0: For I'm On a similar topic for our listeners, I had the privilege of meeting our producer and editor, Amanda Cornaglia in person for the first time earlier this summer. And we had never met in person. Mm-hmm. And she, But she'd been editing the episodes for a while. And when she met me, she's like, you know, it's really weird to hear your voice and then not hear Brian responding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? i bet it is you've only heard my voice in this situation yes and it's always with brian going back and (laughs) forth so that's like how my identity had been framed (laughs) to her was yeah he's the one who says the stupid stuff and then what Ryan says this not stuff. i'm like i'm sure it was, John it for a was while. so
1: surreal but uh at the end of the day hardly you're hardly the one that says the stupid stuff so
0: no but but <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes because it gets edited out right so one thing that okay before we actually get into our topic this is something that i wanted to share with you brian because it's been on my mind i have four classes i'm teaching right now i'm half time mm-hmm. as a teacher and i have like 120 students i got wow. a lot of kids now nah, more like Andre, more like Andre, still a lot yeah uh, 100 students and and in one of my classes I teach, which is called School Success, which is like a, it's a social emotional learning class. It's Ooh. actually really, really good. And we did a section on interviewing about how to communicate with people, respect staff members, how do you talk to staff members and stuff. And it's it's actually a really neat thing. So I mentioned that I have two podcasts in front of my kids Uh-oh. and now they are obsessed with finding the shows.
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: And because there's this one and there's also a little Anarchy movie podcast. Uh-huh. And one of the girls... Like They're all too just like – they always tell me, if we Google it, can we find it? I just tell them no, and then they go, oh, okay. They believe me. No, if what? you Google John Lampus, like Takapella. I'm like, that Popsada, is not a very Popsada. common
1: name, John Lampus.
0: <laughs> no, like it's totally easy to find, but I just tell my students, oh, no. And then I'm, I have them fourth period, so by the time they get home, they've forgotten. But mm-hmm. one of the girls, probably one of the smartest students I have was like, I'll just actually look it up, and she found it, and wow. she just came up to me with, like, a sheet of paper, and it had, like, my blurb from the little Anarchy page, then also, like, Tacapella's like, <laughs> thing on it, and she was like, is this you, and I was like, child, I cannot share this, so whenever people ask me, like, what's my podcast, she, like, looks really excited, and I just kind of give her this I'm look,
1: like, don't you dare, say, don't you dare, don't so help so. you.
0: One of these days, I'm convinced that my students are going to listen to this. Oh, that, and is awesome.
1: like, <laughs> that is awesome. That is really awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's just something that I realize I've been wanting to share for a while. But the thing that's on my mind is, so both you and I are, I don't want to say acapella dropouts. That's not a good <laughs> wow, way to put it. Wow, quite a title You know, we have both created our own groups. We've been involved yeah. with a, a handful of groups and had a, a clearly, you know, We've talked about spend an hour, hour and a half of our week just examining the art form of acapella and we're currently not involved in groups. And I think that's actually given us, it's been nice for me to kind of be away from the art form to just look at it almost from the outside mm-hmm. and get a better perspective of it. But I don't want to not be in a group forever. I want to just kind of get back in the trenches. Yep. And I've been thinking a lot, like what do I want? And I'm really curious, like Brian, as someone who is, you know, not currently in a group, what do you want in your next group? What's the kind of group you want to join next? And what are the things that it has to have for you to, to to consider doing it,
1: man. That's such a good question. I'm I've been thinking a lot about that lately. I've gone back and forth, and it's actually funny that you asked me that because I kid you not, from all my other acapella friends, they're like, "So you're not in the group? So what's going on? You know, when are you starting <laughs> I mean, your next group?" Like, I'm just like, I have <laughs>
0: that's kind of like, a, like, have you been drinking? Kind <laughs> exactly. Of like, what's going
2: on?
1: It's like I have no identity when I'm not in a group. Apparently, to all my acapella <laughs> friends, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean i've been thinking a lot about it and i do at some point want to get back into it because as you said yeah and then kind of elaborate it you know it's fun to analyze it's fun to discuss with people that are in the art form but man when you've been a part of a group and you've done all the performing and stuff you, that just never leaves you at some point yeah. you're drawn back to you it. have the itch exactly and i think in my next group it's going to be something similar to the group i was with during my time in utah right before i moved here to texas i, I co-founded a group with some people out in salt lake called inversion
0: was that inversion's oh look at me look at that perfect yes you because you came on the show Mm -hmm. for the first time when i think you were doing stuff yeah that's true episode 37 (laughs) If anyone wants to go back through the backlog? it's in there
1: i I don't know how i sounded back then but uh
0: dude you dude i remembered i played that episode when i didn't have an episode to play for the the week after it Mm -hmm. and i told her i'm like hey i just had this guest on named brian it was such a good episode can i just play it again and aaron was like well (laughs) you don't have an episode (laughs) so i guess we have (laughs) <laughs>
1: we got no choice but it was a
0: great point being it was a great episode and it talks about the inversions oh well
1: it. cool yeah I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one of these days
0: oh I listen I've listened to our old stuff it's it's okay. I think I think it's pretty good, oh, well, good. you can see it's kind of like you know what it's like mm-hmm. this is a weird metaphor but I'm gonna use okay. it it's like when spouses discover they were like both in the same place at the same time <gasps> they hadn't met like oh, man. oh like, like in wedding photos like you know, there's, there's those things of like the wife was on vacation somewhere when she was like five years old and they took a family photo uh-huh. and you can see the husband in the background when he's like four or whatever (laughs) that's what it's like it's not exactly what it's like actually it's really different okay I was painting that picture in my head I
1: had it I have it very vividly But yeah, for me, it'll be something similar to that post collegiate group. I think we were all at different places, the, the original members of that group. And you know, it worked out wonderfully because we met once a week. We spent a lot of those earlier, uh, I guess not early years, early months. It was somewhere between six to eight months, really just working on music. It wasn't like we were seeking any opportunities. Mm-hmm. We were really trying to focus on the sound. And for me, my next group, I really wanted to be outside. It's going to be tough trying to find another group that was, in my opinion, at a level that my collegiate group was because we had people yeah. who were studying music your on music the regular majors,
0: majors you got you know you're all in the same place in your life yeah you know you don't that's tricky to and we had
1: out. these rules and i was one of the sticklers about it we had these committed rules i'm like hey if you're in this group we're committed to you know when you're yeah. outside of school obligations and of course family you know this group is your life we have to make this music sound good and we had rules that kind of just reinforced all of that i think with this next group yeah. Like I said, I don't know if it'll be at the same level, but I really want it to be, if not at that same level, close to the, that quality of music. I really, I don't want to be with a group, no offense to, you know, groups that are casual and hobby Hobby groups groups. and things like that. I really want this to be, you know, a super group, you know, I want it to be us sounding our best. I want us to get the best gigs. I want us to be a group where people look at him like, okay, these are people later on in life and, you know, they're not kids and they're not teenagers and stuff. And, you know, they've spent a lot of time honing their craft at the end of the day and i want that to come through in the sound i want it to be that high level of a group and i want us to yeah. to do gigs like i said it'll be of course with having you know a wife and you know whatever other commitments and working full time of course i i still want to stick to that you know one hour a week kind of thing but it'll be something where mm-hmm. everyone does their music outside of rehearsal space and yeah
0: just like was i think the Austinettes when we had them on yeah. a couple episodes ago they like learn all the music outside on their own time yeah. and then they come and and I it I appreciated their.
1: Organization. I'm like, I think that's what yeah. made it probably makes it so easy for them. They're super organized, and I would love to have mm-hmm. a group that has all of that. I'm like, if I'm being completely honest, I don't want to do as much work and t- that goes into yeah. starting a group because I've done that for so long. That's a lot. It's so much at the end of the day, but I wouldn't be opposed. Like, I, I wouldn't go into a group like, ah, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sing. But it'd be nice to just kind of join a group that was kind of already at that place.
0: Yeah, I think that's a totally good point. I mean, you've started quite a few groups. And after a bit, like, you know, I've only started two and the second time and both times were great. Mm -hmm. But just by the second time around, I'm like, all right, I know how this goes. I got to, you know, I got to do phone tag for for donations or, you know, I got to get everything approved. I got to get this set up
1: the same routine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I and I love that. But it's, you know, sometimes it's nice to just be like, oh, you mean I don't need to choose the logo or come with the name? I can just, because I've started two groups and I've also, like I'm building the, where I'm, the place I'm teaching at right now did not have a choir program the year before. Right. So I'm building the choir program from scratch. Yeah, so there's still, it's not the exact same thing, but I'm still in that sense of, okay, building from the ground up. And I think it sounds like it'd be really nice to just go in and be like, oh, you mean I, I didn't make this and I don't have to worry about everything I do and how it relates to this group. And I can just like, once I'm done with the rehearsal, I don't have to think about about it for exactly. A while. That's, you, that sounds really nice. You get to relax
1: a little bit. Yeah, it, I'm like it gives you a different experience on it, and that's all I'm looking forward to. this Next group, and yeah. and I'm curious. You know, you like I said, you're working on a choir right now. You're doing teaching and stuff in your life. Once you're at that place when you're ready to be in another group, you know, what what would that look like for you given everything on your plate?
0: It sounds like, like, I don't know, like, post divorce. It's like, so when you're ready to get back out
1: there, <laughs> hey, <know>? sometimes <laughs> you got to jump back Which on is, that horse, the acapella horse or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's not inaccurate, but it's also like, it's not, I, I i just graduated from my last group. I didn't divorce it. And I love, I love uh, Mountain Horns and Timbermen and everything. What am I looking for? An SATB group. Okay. For sure. I've done, I've started two tenor based groups. Love them, but. Both, give them money each year. To support them. I, I just think that, you know, both of them were just such important creative endeavors. Right. But just something different. With a different energy, something where it's guys and girls, soprano, alto, tenor, bass to be singing different kinds of music. Okay. Something that is involved in the Portland scene. Because Portland doesn't have a ton of a cappella groups. Really? It's it's better, but you'd expect like it's you know, it's Portland. It's kinda of, you know, it's a hippie city.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of good you college groups. It there. to
0: have, yeah, there's some there's some good college groups, but even then there's it's not nearly as much as one would expect. And Aaron Director, the head of Aukaville, he and I have had this discussion many times like, there's just, there's not a out there. There's B-Side Book Club, which I've been kind of eyeing for a while. That's a group that's in the area right now. Mm-hmm. So basically something that performs locally, like if I had, you know, if there's a bar I go to and I say, and I tell my friends like, hey, my groups are forming at, you know, this, that bar we go to, you, do, you know, come down and see. It's something that has relevance in my community okay. I think especially as cuz I live just south of Portland proper and then I work in Portland you know I have both my jobs my church choir job and my teaching job are right in northeast Portland and something that is kind of part of that scene or part of that vibe um, I think would be really cool cuz I'm right now I'm kind of building in a sense kind of not, I'm basically I'm building my career in Portland right now with these two jobs and something that's kind of also just in that area sounds really nice but also again something that has people uh who are my age i'm you know that's important I'm, i'd like to get married to one day and you know <laughs> maybe just just join an acapella group based on like the potential wives
1: they, you and uh, your wife actually. in an acapella group that'd be that's like the dream i know?
0: mean that's i mean conceivably that's like not a bad place to meet someone but <laughs> something but in speaking realistically here like something that is not only involved that it's something that has a relevant social scene yeah. for me. I and I loved the social scenes of both my past groups, but one was four or five people, so the, there wasn't much as a scene, <laughs> as much of like a little gang. Right. And my group in Colorado, uh, Mountainhorns, which I loved. Again, I was you know I was like five six years older than everyone else because I was a grad student. So and I still I still actually hung out with them quite a bit, and I I really enjoyed my time with them. But something where I. I'm surrounded by peers where I am not the like sole musical leader by any means, but something where I have a voice, like in the direction that the group goes and something that's relevant to my community, something that has... And also that is just kind of, I don't want to say experimental, but something that isn't worried about trying to, I don't even say bend the rules of acapella, because that's just such a like sensationalist way of looking at it. But I don't know, something that's kind of striking out on its own. I don't want an ICCA molded group. I don't want something that's, you know, I don't want a group that is specifically created to win the quarterfinals of the ICCA Open. I want something Mm -hmm. that is created by the Portland scene that, oh, well, every summer you know, we go to this brewery and we do this because that's just our group and that's just our thing. I, I, I know that sounds kind of specific, but something that is, that's identity is shaped by the place around it. Right. Uh, the, the Something that's shaped by its community and is in turn relevant for both the community and its members. Yeah,
1: so I'm, I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing community. I'm hearing a group that takes risks at least a little bit when it comes to the music and not yeah. just kind of the standard repertoire at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. You know, some a group that, you know, you can enjoy being around on a regular basis and doing stuff like yeah. social.
0: So social's big. Social's That's big. That's true. Like I, I, didn't, have a, you know, I didn't think
1: about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, my friend in Seattle, you know, she, she ended up, she joined like a kickball league. She moved from Oregon to Seattle and she needed to meet people. She joined a kickball league. She made a bunch of friends or it was softball and she made a bunch of friends that way. And I'm kind of like, well, what would I do? Like, you don't want to see me play softball. It's rough. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'd like to join a group again and yeah. I'm not, I probably won't until I finish my first year of teaching mm-hmm. as, you know, as a choir teacher, that's already going to be a lot, but I would join, maybe this is sacrilegious, but I would join a contemporary acapella group over a classical choir right now. Cause mm-hmm. I've, cause I'm already teaching two choirs and maybe I should, but I want that fix again. And I think that's something that in a year or two will definitely be like back on the menu for me. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how the scene evolves and like what options are there when I decide to get back out
1: there. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've actually been thinking, not that I've been given any kind of heavy thought to it, but it had crossed my mind, you know, what about just going in and going out and joining a choir of some sort? Because I know as... yeah. A lot of the older scene, you know, they go do like barbershop choruses Mm -hmm. or they go do regular classical type of choruses, things like that. There are a lot of options out there. So I'm like, there's so many options. And then one of the things that you made me think about, it's just kind of the difference when it comes to joining a cappella group is based where you're at your age, you know, the circumstances, Mm -hmm. just like when you're younger, it's it's almost like you lean more towards the competitive scene. And then when you get older, I heard so much of what you say is built on the socialness of a group, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the social cohesiveness yeah. that was what we were striving for that's what i was striving for when i was younger but it never really came full circle but now hearing you is just like you know what i want that same thing because it's something i didn't have a lot of in my earlier groups so it's super yeah. vital for sure
0: we're at different places in our lives now than when we were like i'm gonna create a group here and here and here and here, and here. <laughs> we're gonna travel and now, the and now world. we're looking for yeah. something different mm-hmm. yeah and i i don't think that's a bad thing. And I'm curious to see what kind of group, you know, I'll want to join when I'm 40, you know, I'll yeah. you know, kids by then, you know what, I don't know how having kids affects <laughs> how you can join a group and whatnot, but I think it's just cool to kind of examine the place you're at in your life affects what kind of group you want to join. And it's great because there's more groups now than ever. And there's a lot of different options. And I think that just bodes well for the future of acapella. In terms of there are more people there's not only more people involved in acapella there are more people wanting more things and different things like we have because we have more people overall we probably have more older people we have more younger people we have more people between college and grad school, whatever there's just a larger population so i think there's a more a higher chance for like more niche groups and just an expanding of the opportunities overall and I, i think it's just cool again talking about the broad term of acapella culture like we did on an international scale with Amanda before, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the communities like here? How do groups in Japan function versus ones in the U.S.? I think it's cool to just kind of look at the subcultures of our own acapella communities um, and how that lines up with where we are. Like you just said, like college, ICCA, like post-college, hobby group, you know, maybe 30-something that's in between. Maybe when yeah. you're 60, it's just, I just want to be in one I, just I don't care sing. what it yeah. is. Yeah. And so it, it kind of depends where you are.
1: And with you saying that made me think of two things. I'm like, one... Uh, when you're like around 40 or 50 and have kids i'm like at that point you're just going to do a family acapella group let's just be honest yeah you're probably just going to get the yeah. whole family together i'm like all right we're singing at uh, seven o'clock tonight people uh and then
2: uh the
1: second thing the more important aspect of what you made me think about was as acapella kind of expands and as we hit all these different cultures that you mentioned you know we're going to see a transformation and even even bigger transformation into acapella being something that we might not even have any kind of concept of what it could be because that's what music does it evolves yeah and the same thing can happen with acapella like you said i'm I see so much of based off when we had our conversations about acapella over overseas and you know the UK. We talk a lot about that in Asia, things like yeah. that. They're going to transform it, and then we're going to see it, and then we're going to want to do something.
0: And then we might take some idea exactly. that they do, and yeah. it's just going to
1: keep evolving. And that's that's the really cool thing. Like I said, I, I'm like we're young now, and I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. I'm going to take my time of course, but I can't wait to see what yes. acapella is going to be like in 20 years. What's coming down the pike? Exactly, because we're just we're just scratching the yeah. surface. Right now,
0: yeah, definitely. All right, guys, we're gonna take one more quick break, and then Brian and I are gonna be right back here on Talk Acapella.
2: We at acaville take great pride in providing you a free, twenty-four-seven online streaming acapella radio station. But running our station isn't free. Do you like what you hear? Consider making a donation to help us defray the costs involved with running our station. We are an all-volunteer bunch, so any assistance you can give means so much—not just to us, but to all our listeners. Whether it's a recurring donation or a one-time deal, we are an equal opportunity station. Go to Aquaville.com and click on donate for details.
0: And welcome back to Tacapella. So this is the time where we plug stuff and we give our biggest pieces of advice. Brian, why don't we give some advice, really, really quick? What if just so we can just so we can say that on every episode you and I did together, or most of them. We asked for advice. So, Brian, biggest piece of advice to anyone or anything or any group in the acapella community.
1: Man, now I know how the guests feel when they're just put on the spot. Yeah, where
0: they're like, Oh wow. <laughs> to be fair, we usually send them that question ahead of time, but
1: Exactly. For me, you know, just kind of sticking in line on what we talked about in our last summit. We talked about, you know, what would a group that we're looking for, what would what would they have? What would we want them to be? And I guess my biggest piece of advice is do acapella as much as you possibly can. Cause for me, I did acapella when I was in college. I did it a lot after college and now i'm at a point where i'm not doing it as much but i'm doing other acapella type things around it and yeah. so what's that allowed me to do is to run the board of various acapella experiences yeah. and now i know what i want moving forward and so for those who are listening out there who you know are just kind of having that internal struggle of you know should i get involved should i do this this Just go do it because later on, it's going to pay out in dividends for you because you're going to have that experience. You're going to have that clarity to find, you know, what you're looking for. And, you know, it might be something you did years ago. It might be something completely new. It might be something that you're doing at the moment. But you know what? It'll be something that you will enjoy doing at the end of the day. It'll be something that will mean a lot to you. So that will be my piece of advice. Go out and do acapella.
2: Well
0: said. Well said, man.
1: And what about you, John? You know, if you could offer some advice, what would you say?
0: I think my piece of advice is, again, in line with what we're talking about today in terms of niche groups and in terms of knowing what you want at different parts of your life. Uh, be confident in what you like and be confident in pursuing that and be confident in recognizing where you are in your life at that point and what you need and what you don't need and what you and just I don't know I don't want to say listen to your heart because that sounds kind of dumb but just be cognizant and be aware I guess I want to say respect yourself enough to pursue what you're passionate about. As wholeheartedly as you can. That that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Be open and honest with yourself about how you want to proceed with your life and and move forward. And and, then, and that sounds kind of heavy. And that's because I'm leading into the something I'm gonna gonna say. And guys, it's that I'm I'm wrapping up my time here at Acaville and on Talkapella. Episode 100 is gonna be my last. And not gonna lie, it's not been easy to come to this decision. I've been thinking about it for a while. Not because the show's been bad. And I've been trying to get out, but just because I'm starting a career. Career as a middle school teacher. And that's a lot. I'm also I'm just at that point where it's it's just time. And I and it's not like, oh, it's time because the show is better. It's time because to this point in my life, it's just time. And unless you started a podcast, and then left, you kind of don't know until you know, and it's just time for me. And that's and and the hardest part of this has been that I won't get to record an episode with Brian every week. And that's and that's been the thing that's definitely kept me on the show in terms of just this show has been one of the most rewarding, creative endeavors of my life. You know, I've been doing it for almost four years now and, you know, about three a year and a half, almost two years of that with Brian. Brian, I just want to say, I you know I told you this stuff before we recorded, and, and but I just I want to sing your praises in that. Getting the chance to do this show with you, to do nearly 50 episodes has just been, I, I come out of every episode just being really, really happy. And I can't say that for every other thing I pursue. And and your companionship in this show has been monumental in just getting me through the week and helping me just, you know, just be like a happy dude and be satisfied with the things that I'm doing. And man, it's been, it's, you know, it's so hard to say all this, but... I think I wouldn't be being honest to myself if I tried to push myself to do it longer than I felt, one, I could do it well, and two, like, you know, you guys, listeners, deserve a host who is, you know, 110% in rather than someone who's, who's kind of holding on to do it because it's just easier to not let things change, and this is this is really difficult. But I know it's the right decision because it did, because it feels right, and honestly, because it feels good. It definitely doesn't feel good, but it does feel right. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's listened for the past couple of years, you know, regularly, and has you know supported the show and supported Acavil. And again, a huge thanks to you know Aaron Director for just being my mentor and just being a just being an awesome dude. And as I like stumble into adulthood, uh, and again, and and thank you to Brian. For just making me want to do this show for a full hundred episodes, because that's hard to do, and it's it's been hard, and it's but it's been so so worth it. And what's that what's that stupid line that like Piglet says like it's uh, from Piglet says to Pooh, and like like it's so nice, or maybe Pooh says it. Winnie the Pooh's like it's so nice to have something that makes saying goodbye. So hard. I think that's mm, the line. Yeah. That's what I'm definitely feeling right now. You know, I'm not gone yet. I'm still going to be here. I'm going to be here through episode 100. That just felt like the right time. Um, thank you again to all the listeners. We'll have more updates for you on the future of the show in the coming weeks. But, you know, this is episode 95. And it was one with just me and Brian. And this felt like the right time to tell everybody. Um, And, you know, thanks, everybody, for just for listening and for and for staying tuned all these years.
1: Yeah. And, John, you know, I think our audience will agree that your presence will be missed for sure. You know, you're the heart and soul of the show. You know, you created it from the ground up and it's been it's been a fun, exhilarating, uh, enjoyable ride for sure. Um, Thank you for bringing me on to this. It's been a crazy process, but you know it's been it's been fun non-stop and i've learned a lot from you i know our audience has i'm sure our guests definitely have as well and so thank you for your time and your energy and your efforts that you put into this show and thanks so yeah much, I, I can't can't wait for these next few episodes that we have left but there's some yeah.
0: good stuff should we should we just tell everyone what episode 100 we, is? i think now? we need
1: to just go and announce it
0: okay Episode one hundred is going to be Grant Gustin. No, no, oh. Not getting Grant Gustin. <laughs> <laughs> he just he shows up anyway.
1: Exactly. Just, actually, we did um, have Grant Gustin for real.
0: <laughs> episode one hundred, Deke Sharon. We got yeah, him. Yeah, we got him. We're doing We've it. Finally
1: got him. He's coming on, people. We,
0: I I remember saying in like episode like thirty, like if we ever get to one hundred, it's got to be Deke Sharon. Not thinking and would make it to episode one hundred, and it's
1: happening. Hey, you have spoken into existence. I emailed him
0: this morning. Just talk to him. And he's like, yeah, we could do this or we could do this. Surprisingly flexible schedule for for right now, which yeah, I expected to do, which is, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But it's happening. And that's the way I kind of want to, you know, quote, unquote, go out. Like biggest interview of my life. You know, that's <laughs> hey, pretty good. Her. Doing it with yeah. doing it with Brian. Like that's, there's no, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can top that unless we actually get Grant Gustin on the show. I think that's, I think that's where... <laughs> that's that's the best i'm like that's when we would have to be. call
1: him if he came on after that point for sure yeah,
0: oh gosh like all right guys we got someone who is no relation to acapella who decided to come on the show so i think uh like that's that's clearly what we topped out so guys we got uh five more episodes with me on the show again we'll have more details on the future of the show uh please keep supporting acapella keep please keep supporting college acapella Follow Brian at the Brian Alex. Follow me at John Lampus and uh, tweet Brian to find out his great Instagram Twitter handle. Because I always forget it's him. And I'm like, who has this? This is such a good handle. And I'm like, oh, that's that's Brian.
1: Yeah, only me. Guy. Only me.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really good. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Tweet Brian at the Brian Alex to find out what it is. And follow everything at College Acapella, College Aca. Follow everything on Acaville Radio. Uh, check us out on Talkapella, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of Talkapella. For everything acapella, please stay tuned.